James Prinsip was an English scholar, orientalist and antiquary. He was the founding editor of the Journal of the Asiatic Society of Bengal and is best remembered for deciphering the Kharoshthi and Brahmi scripts of ancient India. He studied, documented and illustrated many aspects of numismatics, metallurgy, meteorology apart from pursuing his career in India as an essay master at the Mint in Banaras. James Prinsip arrived in Calcutta in 1819 at the age of 20 and joined the service of the East India Company as essay master in the Banaras Mint. He returned to Calcutta in 1830 as the deputy essay master of the mint where H H Wilson was the chief. In 1832 he succeeded Wilson and remained in the post until 1833 when he had to return to England because of his illness. James Prinsip died on 23rd April 1840 at the age of 41 years. During James Prinsip's years in the mint he reformed weights and measures introduced a uniform coinage and devised a balance so delicate as to indicate the 3000 part of a grain Prinsip was indeed a many-sided genius he was an excellent architect as well while at Banaras he completed the mint building according to his own plan and also built a church He was on the committee for municipal improvements and improved the drainage system of the city by constructing a tunnel. He also built a bridge over the Karmansa and restored the mosque of Aurangzeb. Prinsip is justifiably famous as the antiquarian who gave Indian archaeology a new life. For years to come, Indian archaeology followed the pattern of research set by him in all its branches, but particularly in numismatics and epigraphy. In a few years of thrilling excitement and incredible industry, Prinsip, aided by others in India and Europe, made perhaps more discoveries in Indian archaeology than were made in the whole half century before. Prinsip who had earlier helped his chief in the mint dr h h wilson also then secretary of the asiatic society with the classification and engraving of coins kept up his interest in ancient coins he succeeded to the secretaryship of the asiatic society on wilson's return to england and started his own journal in 1832 the journal of the asiatic society of bengal princip Advance appealed to all those officers who had opportunities of forming collections in the upper provinces for more coins and inscriptions. He was endowed with the rare capacity of instilling some of his own enthusiasm and order into others. Princip's appeal was enormously successful. He was in no time flooded with coins and inscriptions materials which changed the very trend of the Indian antiquarian researches. Appropriately for the essay master of the Calcutta mint coins always remained princip's first interest. He interpreted Bactrian and Kushan coins also all the indigenous Indian series including the punchmark ones. Indeed the term was coined by princip himself. the series of the autonomous republics the gupta series and so on 
It was Princip who propounded the theory of the descent of Gupta coins from the Kushana prototypes and this discussion also brought him to the question of the different stages in the technique of coin manufacture in India. He recognized the three stages represented by the punched marked, the die struck and the cast coins. But the crowning achievement of all his labors over the decade was the decipherment of the Brahmi script and the consequent clearing up of many of the mysteries of ancient Indian history. Thus, more than 40 years after 1788, Sir William Johnson's hope was realized when Princip was able to produce the key to unlock all the remaining secrets of the Brahmi script. However, it is only fair to remember that much of the Brahmi script had already been deciphered before the final achievement of Princip. Princip followed clues provided by others regarding the decipherment of Kharoshti and after some mistaken readings he was finally able before his departure to find the values of 19 single letters and one compound of Kharoshti as well it may also be mentioned that the idea of the corpus inscriptionum indicarum also goes back to the time of princip and to his idea princip literally worked himself to death seriously ill as he became he had to leave unexpectedly in the midst of his labors and hence much of his work remained unfinished as the new editor of the journal of the asiatic society of bengal commented collectors in all parts of india were in the habit of submitting to his inspection whatever they lighted upon as unusual and sought his reading and interpretation but the study and exertions required were too severe for the climate of india and the editor's robust constitution sank at last under the incessant labor yet before taking leave he had managed to set forth the main lines of indian archaeological research for at least the next 50 years james mill was a scottish historian economist political theorist and the author of the history of british india mill was born at north water bridge in the parish of loypert angus scotland his mother isabel fenton sent him first to the parish school and then to the montrose academy where he remained until the unusual age of 17 and a half He then entered the University of Edinburgh where he distinguished himself as a Greek scholar. From 1790 to 1802 he occupied himself with historical and philosophical studies. Finding little prospect of a career in Scotland in 1802 he went to London in company with Sir John Stuart the member of parliament for Kincardineshire and devoted himself to literary work. From 1803 to 1806 he was editor of an ambitious periodical called the Literary Journal which professed to give a summary view of all the leading departments of human knowledge. During this time he also edited the St James Chronicle belonging to the same proprietor. About the end of this year he began the history of British India which he took 12 years to complete. In 1813 he completed his first known article money and exchange. He also wrote on Spanish America, China, Francisco de Miranda, the East India Company and the liberty of the press. In 1818 the history of British India was published and obtained a great and immediate success. 
the year following he was appointed an official in the india house in the important department of the examiner of indian correspondence he gradually rose in rank until he was appointed in 1830 head of the office in 1821 mill helped found the political economy club in london mill remained an uncritical admirer of bentham's philosophy so he helped found the principal organ of the philosophical radicals westminster review from 1824 to 1826 he was a follower of bentham believed people need to be educated so as to best be able to figure out what is their own best interest from 1831 to 1833 he was largely occupied in the defense of the east india company during the controversy attending the renewal of its charter he also cooperated to establish the london university in 1825 history of british india volume 3 was his greatest literary monument the materials for narrating the acquisition by england and of its indian empire were put into space for the first time a vast body of political theory was brought to bear on the delineation of the hindu civilization and the conduct of the actors in the successive stages of the conquest and administration of india was subjected to a severe criticism the work itself and the author's official connection with india for the last 17 years of his life affected a complete change in the whole system of governing the country mill believed in the philosophical theories of the french revolution from the view of the french revolution theories he believed that the rights of man and the absolute equality of men to the claiming of securities for good government through a wide extension of the franchise he had deep knowledge in history politics and mental and ethical philosophy he was said to be the founder of philosophic radicalism his last published book was the fragment of mackintosh his significant writings are money and exchange history of british india first volume government elements of political history liberty of press james mill died on the 23rd june 1836 At the University of Leipzig from 1814 to 1818 Rake studied theology and classical philosophy from Gottfried Hermann he learned the most meticulous sort of textual criticism in the course of his reading of the writings of antiquity he made a particularly thorough study of Thucydides the only modern historical work that he found of interest was Neighbors Roman history which he read with great admiration Rake is regarded as a milestone he started a new movement which has given history a separate identity to him goes the credit that he professionalized the writing reading research and study of history since his time history is regarded as a separate subject capable of establishing laws rake is generally regarded as the first of the modern historians in the beginning he took no interest in history which he called an endless number of barren notices but neighbors roman history burned a new leaf in rake's mind intellectual curiosity and the desire for reliable information finally made him the leading historian of the 19th century He began a systematic office of judging the past of instructing the present for the benefit of future ages to such high offices this work doesn't aspire it only wants to show what actually happened 
he was the first person to apply the method of critical study to the sources. Raake made a number of novel contributions to the writing of history. The first in the unity of the Roman Germanic world in which the western community of the Latin and Germanic people formed a vital link. His history of the Latin and Teutonic nations advances his views that the European civilization is a fusion of the Roman with the Germanic elements. Secondly, he presented altogether a new technique of writing history based upon a penetrating criticism of historical sources. He succeeded in combining critical inquiry into the facts with a comprehensive understanding of their significance. The third main contribution of Raake to history is in the realm of philosophy of standing in history. Raake is the founder of individual discipline of history. History and science are separate according to Raake. Science is the knowledge of general laws and history is the knowledge of individual facts. History has a separate identity of its own is a theory propounded by Raake. He believed in the first-hand material as the source of history. Raake's method was to avoid imagination and stick to the truth. This method is known as critical historiography where there is no scope for imagination. Another major contribution of Raake was that he started holding seminars in which he would admit only those who want to meet, study and teaching of history as a profession. Very soon, his seminars became an attraction for serious-minded researchers of America and Europe. Men like Lord Acton and others were his disciples. The historical seminar founded by Raake in 1833 served to train not only many leading German historians but historical students from all over the world. The availability of records changed the nature of research. His major contribution was that he wrote a number of books. He wrote about 54 volumes. He wrote a very important book which brought fame for him, that is, History of the Popes. He wrote histories of different types, Seven Years' War, Ottoman monarchy in the 16th-17th century and many more. He set the highest standard of research by writing these books. All the history was based on epigraphs and other sources and those sources are to be verified and re-verified. At the age of 80, he planned to write the universal history and wrote a few volumes although he was not able to see properly and hear properly. He was not a very good orator not a very handsome man to look at, but he was an excellent teacher in the sense he could motivate people to do research. He used to say he has bigger family than his real one and that was the family emerging out of the documents that should be written without the reflection of prejudices, likes and dislikes. He is not supposed to evaluate or to give judgment. Political history occupied the most prominent place in Raake's works while cultural and economic history remained in the background because the kind of history that can be written on the basis of documents is political history. Raake was a very bad example of his own method or theory or principles. The principles which were very dear to him are not fully represented in his works. For example, he was a very conservative fellow. He was great defender of monarchy and the church and was against revolutions. A person who claims to be very much objective, above prejudices, 
biasness likes and dislikes if he happens to be such a conservative person he is a good example of his own principles as if he is writing the history of the popes and he is a religious person that the world of god is superior to the world of men so while writing history the religious person will keep on praising god and condemning the world of men he has written only political history social economic cultural aspects perhaps have no relevance for him he sees everything from a political point of view his attitude towards history is very limited cause political history is not the real history beard and others said that he is a very practical kind of historian in the age of industrial revolution he is against the idea of economic crisis he is a kind of historian who's not acquainted with various developments he doesn't seem to have a philosophical attitude at all he is just crazy after collecting the sources and keeping them together making conclusions is not liked by him disciples of raki he was very much committed to the preservation of archives he became a lecturer he contributed in the criticism of the sources wits was one of his main disciples he was the product of seminars of raki he probably surpassed raki in the thoroughness and exactness of his scholarship he wrote the constitutional history of germany case pratch was a very silent type of person a great disciple of raki he was influenced by the medieval period of german history he wrote like a great patriot and the defender of the policies of germany henrik von siebel was a disciple of raki but was against the attitude of raki he wrote many volumes on henry 1 he came in politics first he was a critic of bismarck afterwards he became a supporter of bismarck by criticizing pratt he got a lot of publicity raki wanted to divorce the past from the attitude of present but siebel was against it the important factor is that his contribution is so great that these drawbacks can be overlooked as it was he who professionalized the study teaching and writing of history after the training of historians he started the method of seminars he diverts the study of the past from the prejudices of present the past should be seen as past and should not be seen through the present he started publishing the journal historisch geschichte to publish the works of research of high standard by writing 54 volumes he enriched the treasure of history he inspired the study of the history of modern times he developed a scientific approach towards the study of research he developed a methodology towards the study of history as he have the theory of evidence therefore acton was not wrong in calling raki almost the columbus of modern history he is the high priest of historicism which means that history determines each event but doesn't justify it no single writer after james mill and vincent smith has so deeply influenced the writing of indian history as damodar dharmanand koshambi dying rather prematurely koshambi left behind him besides several papers and articles the following major works an introduction to the study of indian history the culture and civilization of ancient india in historical outline exasperating essay exercises in the dialectical methods and myth and reality studies in the formation of indian culture 
of these, the first two works revolutionized Indian historiography. D.V. Koshambi is best known as a mathematician, but he is endowed with a truly Renaissance versatility. His formula for chromosome distance occupies a central place in classical genetics. His work on coins makes the numismatics of hordes into an exact science. An unrivaled collection of microliths, the discovery of a Brahmani inscription at Karle and of a remarkable number of megaliths with rock engraving form substantial contributions to archaeology. His editions of the poetry of Bhartrihari and of the oldest known Sanskrit anthology are landmarks in Indian text criticism. A fundamentally new approach to the study of Indian history, scientific methodology and modern technique of interpretation, selection and analysis of basic problems make the presentation vivid and absorbing. Koshambi's work is most refreshing in its range of new material, original discoveries of megaliths, microliths, rustic superstition and peasant customs. He explains how to gain an insight into the past by examination of the monuments, customs and records. For this, makes an impressive use of scientific methods in many fields like archaeology, ethnography and philology. Works of Koshambi are An Introduction to the Study of Indian History, Myth and Reality, Studies in the Formation of Indian Culture, The Culture and Civilization of Ancient India, an historical outline, Indian numismatics. Koshambi's first book, An Introduction to the Study of Indian History, published in 1956, was a shift from what he professionally stood for. He had little use for a chronological narrative in history since he argued that chronology for the early period was too obscure to be meaningful. For him, history was the presentation order of successive developments in the means and relations of production. Because of the reliable historical records, he argued that Indian history would have to use the comparative method. This meant a familiarity with a wide range of historical works. Koshambi's own familiarity with classical European history is evident in his writings. It also meant the use of various disciplines and interdisciplinary techniques to enable historian to understand the pattern of social transformations. The knowledge of Sanskrit led Koshambi to a series of etymological analysis which he used to a great effect in reconstructing the social background, particularly of the Vedic period. Thus, he argued that the names of many of the established Brahmanas in Vedic literature and the Puranic tradition clearly pointed to their being of non-Aryan origin. From the study of Gotra, he went on to the logical point that the language of the Vedic texts could not have been pure Aryan and must have had an admixture of non-Aryan elements reflecting the inclusion of non-Aryans as Brahmins. This theory is now more acceptable to those who have worked on Indo-Aryan linguistics on the basis of linguistic analysis of the text and language which clearly indicates non-Aryan structures both in syntax and vocabulary. It was the recognition of cultural survival which led Kosha 
Chambi to weave so much material from ethnography and anthropology into his historical narrative. He mentioned that the presence of a tribe which had once given rise to Jati and of the another which became a Kasi guild. He noticed trees and sacred groves, stones making a sacrificial ritual, caves and rock shelters which may have been occupied successively by prehistoric men, by Buddhist monks and later by practitioners of Hindu cult. Such places have a remarkable continuity as sacred centers and often provided a greater historical continuity both in object and ritual than many written texts. It is important to clarify that Koshambi was not arguing that religion played a more significant part in Indian culture than has been the case in other cultures, as has been the stand of those who maintain the greater spirituality of the Indian past, but rather Koshambi's position is that there was a greater survival of the archaic in religious ritual than in other areas of Indian life which speaks of a certain conservatism but at the same time makes it worth investigating historically. M.G. Ranade or Mahadev Govind Ranade was an Indian scholar, social reformer, judge and author. He was one of the founding members of the Indian National Congress and owned several designations as member of the Bombay Legislative Council, member of the Finance Committee at the Centre and judge of the Bombay High Court Maharashtra. As a well-known public figure, his personality as a calm and patient optimist influenced his attitude towards dealings with Britain as well as reforms in India. During his life, he helped to establish the Pune Sarvajanik Sabha, Maharashtra Granthotejak Sabha and the Prathna Samaj and edited a Bombay Anglo-Marathi daily paper, the Hindu Prakash, founded on his ideology of social and religious reforms. He was given the title of Rao Bahadur. Mahadev Govindranaje was born into a Chitpavan Brahmin family in Nipad, a taluk town in Nasik district. He studied in a Marathi school in Kolhapur and later shifted to an English medium school. At the age of 14, he studied at Elphinstone College, Bombay. He belonged to the first batch of the students at the University of Bombay. In 1862, he obtained a BA degree in History and Economics and in 1864, a MA in History. Three years later, he obtained his LLB in 1866. After getting his law degree, LLB, in 1866, Ranade became a subordinate judge in Pune in 1871. Given his political activities, the British colonial authorities delayed his promotion to the Bombay High Court until 1895. Ranade was a progressive social activist whose activities were deeply influenced by Western culture and the colonial state. His activities ranged from religious reform to public education to reform within the Indian family and in every area. He was prone to see little virtue in Indian custom and tradition and to strive for reforming the subject into the mould of what prevailed in the West. He himself summarized the mission of the Indian social reform movement as being to humanize, equalize and spiritualize. The implication being that existing Indian society lacked these qualities. 
Ranade joined the Prarthana Samaj, a religious and social reform organization. Historians have regarded Ranade as an intellectual leader in the movement. Ranade was influenced by Bishop Joseph Butler in linking the social justice work of Prarthana Samaj with the Christian metaphysics. His efforts to humanize and equalize Indian society found its primary focus in women. He campaigned against the parda system that is keeping women behind the wheel. He was the founder of the social conference movement which he supported till his death, directing his social reform efforts against child marriage, the tonsure of widows, the heavy cost of weddings and other social functions and the caste restrictions on travelling abroad and he strenuously advocated widow remarriage and female education in 1861 when he was still a teenager ranade co-founded the widow marriage association which promoted marriage for hindu widows and acted as native compradors for the colonial government's project of passing a law permitting such marriages he chose to take prayaschit that is religious penance in a panchhaub mission case rather than insisting on his opinions in 1885 ranade along with woman abaji modak and historian dr rg bhandarkar established the maharashtra girls education society to start huzurpag the oldest girls high school in maharashtra ranade was in his 30s when his first wife died his family wanted him to remarry especially since he had no children his reformer friends expected that ranade who had co-founded the widow remarriage association as far back as 1861 would certainly act in accordance with his own sermons and marry a widow however this did not happen ranade yielded to his family's wishes and confirmed with convention to marry rambai a girl who was barely 11 years old and who was fully 20 years younger than him indeed rambai was born in 1862 nearly a year after ranade had founded his widow remarriage association in 1861 ranade did what he did because he knew the realities of his society he knew that if he married an already married woman any children born to her would be treated like illegitimate outcasts by his society the really poignant thing about the whole affair is that after facing so much ridicule and so many accusations of hypocrisy ranade was not fated to receive the blessing he craved so ardently and his second marriage also remained childless in any case the wedding was held in full compliance with tradition and the marriage was certainly a happy one ramabai was a daughter of the kurlekar family which belonged to the same caste and social strata as ranade the couple had an entirely harmonious and conventional marriage ranade ensured that his wife receive a high education something about which she herself was initially not keen however like all indian women of that era she complied with her husband's wishes and grew into her new life indeed after ranade's death ramabai ranade continued the social and educational reform work initiated by him Some of the most prominent works of M.G. Ranade are Rise of Maratha Power, Ranade's Economic Writings, Essays on India's Economics, Introduction to the Peshwa's Diaries. 
If you want to know about any other topic, please leave it in the comment box so that I can come back with it. Thank you.